0: knock knock sports fans pgo is back and we're back with anger here we've been having network issues for the last two days we started recording on thursday tried again on friday it is now saturday and we are giving it a shot if this is a short episode if this gets cut short this week because it's already coming out late like having sex without a condom we are making it late folks um that was good that was good (laughs) thank you Thank you, thank you. Um, We are back. We're going to do a little UFC news, try and get together some parlays because we can't get through a week without placing some bets, without putting some cheddar on the games. Um, We're going to jump right into the UFC 291 pay-per-view. The BMF title is on the line. Baddest motherfucker. We got the rematch between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. The Dustin-Justin rematch number two. The first one was a fight of the year. The second one is bound to have that same potential. But that is not all we can be talking about because this card is going to be incredible. We have from right at the bottom, we got Miranda Maverick taking on Priscilla Cachoeira, an amazing up-and-comer prospect fight in the women's flyweight division. Then we got Matthew Semelsberger. Taking on Erzmedek out of Serbia, Euros. And the, and we only got two fights on the early prelims. That's a quick one. It's a quick one. On to the prelims, we got Jake Matthews, the Australian prospect, taking on Darius Flowers out of the States. And we're, we're starting to get into name brands here. We got Roman Kopilov taking on Claudio Rebrino. Two huge prospects. Um... The UFC putting out a little video about Roman uh, a few weeks ago saying he's one of the fighters you need to know for this card. Bringing it up, we got CJ Vera taking on uh, Vizinka Salvador, and then Gabriel Bonfim taking on Trevin Giles. You may maybe saying, but Will and Brandon, you're miss- you're forgetting Michelle Pereira taking on Steven Wonderboy Thompson.
1: Well, Michelle missed. weight. damn it. Yeah. He didn't come through when we needed him the most. And, and yeah, that, that, was, that, was
0: that was a, a big blow Thompson. to the card there. That was a big blow. Or at least it was it was uh it was a shitty one. Cause we were really looking forward to it and
1: uh Wonderboy actually put out a statement. I'm gonna pull it up here. Uh, like just uh just like recently? Yeah, yesterday. So what happened was it was an injury. Um, Pereira missed weight. Yeah. Boo. Ooh, exactly. Um, and, and, and Wonderboy, I think it has the option. He have the option to continue on with the fight if they miss weight. But he said he is going to be, um, but, but he made the
0: decision to not move forward with the fight, right? You can always move forward with the fight if they miss weight by not too much. He made the decision not to move forward with the fight. And here's the statement he put out on his Instagram, and I think it's a good one. Okay. Recording uh, this, unfortunately, my fight with Michelle Pereira will no longer be going forward. First off, I'm sorry to all the fans who are looking forward to my fight. I'm gutted for my coaches, my family, and to all the people who helped me throughout the camp to be ready and prepared to go to battle. I made weight this morning as I've done every fight during my 11 plus UFC career, or 11 plus year UFC career. My opponent did not. This isn't the first time I've had an opponent miss weight, and given how that played out previously, myself and my team felt that it was ultimately not smart for us to move forward with this fight. At my age, and given what I've accomplished in this sport, I'm not here to be a gatekeeper. I'm here to fight for a win fight and win a UFC welterweight title when I step into the octagon no one is there but me and my opponent this isn't a video game and both of us are putting our health and careers on the line if I don't finish my opponent opponent I risk losing a decision even if it's a split decision as what happened when I fought Darren Till and almost the same exact scenario played out back then Darren Till missed weight for that fight Fighters face far too few consequences and often allowed to fight with a significant competitive advantage. This appears to be happening more and more these days. Hopefully the decision not to move forward with the fight will discourage others from missing weight in the future. I also hope to encourage uh, fighters that face the situation to follow suit and and not allow this to happen. I'm healthy and I will look to get back in the octagon ASAP but on the level playing field as I continue to pursue my quest of winning a UFC welterweight title. I can't fault the guy here.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely not.
0: And I and I think, bit. I do believe uh, Michelle Pereira has missed weight in the past. He is is very big for that 170 division. Yeah. And I I don't think, I'm seeing a lot of people coming out
2: that's a really well put together statement, though. I respect
0: that. It really that. is. Like, that's it really, really is. Good. In coming from the the NMF nicest motherfucker, right? Like no one, no one, no one has bad blood with Wonderboy Thompson, and he's never trash talked an opponent in his life. So, so him putting out this statement, I think, is the true. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's, you know. It almost seems like he's kind of like you know I get it like shit happens you know it it it's just kind of the way it goes but he also understands that it's just because shit happens doesn't mean you know everything's okay and you just continue on with whatever's gonna happen like you know sometimes like he's he's also basically saying actions have consequences you didn't you know make wait for a fight I'm not gonna now go through with this fight and potentially put myself at a disadvantage um you know like he did before
1: and he was
0: michelle Pereira has missed weight twice in the past before this once in the ufc and once um before he was in the ufc
1: oh okay and one of the boys never missed weight and i think this I think this does send a message. If you're wanting to fight in the 170
0: division, you need to be able to make that 170 weight. It's not fair to the fighters. Right?
1: Uh, quote so, yeah, unquote yeah, like, weight.
2: yeah, you spent so much time, you know, preparing for this fight, doing everything you can make and weight, and then for your opponent not to, you know, it almost kind of feels a bit disrespectful towards what you've been putting in and how hard you've been grinding for this fight. And then it almost seems like... For your opponent to maybe not be taking it as seriously, or not as dedicated as you are to to making weight for the fight and to go out there and put on a good show.
0: One hundred percent. And yeah, so I, I I think here at the PGO team, we completely support the decision. Not that I don't yeah. think Wonderboy Boy was uh, checking in with us to see how we thought about it, but sure he was. Wasn't? Did he Did he reach out to you?
2: Everybody's, everybody wants to know what we think.
0: Well, I, I know some people reached out to me. I I just don't have my DMs on public. So, you know. Ooh,
2: I missed the know, Good call. Good call.
0: Uh, more network issues as always, so we are going to keep going here, running through this card. Um, we got Kevin Holland uh, starting off the main card, taking on Michael Chiesa. Uh, this is bound to be a good, a good one. Oh, it's going to be a great one. It's going to be a very interesting stylistic matchup, though, considering Kevin Holland is not
1: a wrestler. Yeah. And uh, would you like to know his? Michael Chiesa. Yeah.
0: Kevin Holland is, however, coming off a win against Santiago Ponzinibbio with a third round KO. We were watching that back at UFC 287. But prior to that, he was on a bit of a streak of losses, losing to Wonderboy Thompson and Hamzat Shamaev. Before that, he hopped back in the win column with a win against Tim Means. But then that was all coming off his very unfortunate 2021 and 2020 with a few straight losses or two losses to Marvin Vittori and Derek Brunson. So... The the carry-through in all of those is he's losing to wrestlers, and he's fighting another wrestler, one who
1: is quite well-respected in that division, has always been a prospect, but plagued with injuries a little bit.
0: Kiesa, um, I don't think, has fought for the last little while, had to pull out of his last fight with Li Jingliang due to a back injury, and coming off of two losses in... 2001 to Sean Brady and Vicente Luque 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 my bad before that there you go winning against Neil Magny and 2021 so he's had quite the layoff um being in and out due to injury but it's going to be very exciting to see him back and what he's able to do he did make it through the weight cut which was a bit of a question hoping his back wouldn't seize up so he will be back and that will be the fight starting off the main card.
2: That's a great way to start off the main card.
0: That's a great one. Now this is a it's bit a of a start. It's a banging one, but it's a very important one. If if Kiesa loses, he's been off for a while. He was falling yeah. in the rankings. He's, you know, he showed he can be a top guy, but he's also showed he can be a bit of a gatekeeper and same with Kevin Holland Kevin Holland is, you know, back in 2021 I believe was seemed to be on the fast track,
1: just a few few fights away from a title. I'm trying to think. Back in 2020, when he beat
0: um, Ronaldo Souza, Charlie Onventero, Darren Stewart,
1: and then in 2021, lost to Brunson in victory. And Brunson was supposed to be his. Kind of
0: two fights until the title, kind of fight. Like he was on, he was on the fast streak, winning all of his fights, and then had a major setback with the uh, very dominant losses to Brunson and Vittori. Stepped back in the octagon against Tim Means to really try and re, rebuild himself. Got the win, but then again lost to Hamzat and Wonderboy, pushing him deep down in the rankings again. Brought himself back up with the win against Santiago Ponzinibbio, but this this will be a very telling fight for Kevin Holland to if he is able to. I don't know, get his name back in there in that welterweight division.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Um, I, don't speaking...
2: I don't got much more to add on that. Yeah, you kind of no. exactly nailed it. Like it's a, and I think even he knows that it, you know it's a huge fight going in. So, you know. I, I think the biggest thing is is wondering, you know, when he gets into the fight there, is it going to be more, you know, strategical and wait for that moment? Or is he just going to be just ready to go and trying to seal the deal early? It's going to be interesting to see how we um, what his game plan is going into this fight here.
0: 100%. Now, speaking of maybe some do or die fights. Yeah. Yeah. We got Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green. Now, Tony Ferguson went on a win streak
1: starting in 2011. Yeah, Beating Aaron Riley, Yves
0: Edwards. Um, oh, my bad. Lost to Michael Johnson. So he started that win streak in 2013. My apologies of the win streak, as we all know, al with the dominant, dominant win streak. But then halting to an end in 2020 with his loss to Justin Gaethje. And that kind of seemed to start a downwards ball rolling. Since he lost to Justin Gaethje, he lost to Oliveira, Daniel Dariush, Michael Chandler, and Nate Diaz. Now something to make a point of is none of the fighters he lost to were Bad fighting, very best in the division. You think about, yeah, you know, maybe with the exception to Nate Diaz, but you think about Chandler, um, Dariush Oliveira and Gaethje, all of those guys, and actually minus Dariush were title challengers in the past few years. So it's not like he's been, been fighting and losing to tomato cans, he's been fighting and losing to the top guys, but he has been losing coming off. At one point, he was on a twelve-fight win streak. Now he's on a five-fight
1: losing streak. This is not good, folks.
2: This is a this is a huge fight for him here. Like this is like basically for him, it almost kind of feels like it's it's getting close to a do-or-die type thing.
0: I and and no, no disrespect to Bobby
1: Green. I'd say this is do-or-die. I would say this is do-or-die because I don't think. Bobby Green is necessarily a
0: top-of-the-division guy anymore. Bobby Green himself is coming off of, I believe, two losses in a no contest, losing to Drew Dober via KO and Islam Makhachev. Now, losing to Islam Makachev, that is that's not a knock against you. He's the champ yeah, of the I division. Know. But he is coming off of two losses in a no contest. And a lot of his wins have not come against guys who were in um,
1: the top. His last win before that was against uh, Nasrat Haqparas yep. and uh, Aliyah Quinta. But before that
0: in 2021, losing to Rafael Fiziev, who again is a top contender, but, but these are still losses. So Bobby Green, not to, not to throw the journeyman title around too lightly, but isn't exactly top of the division. If Tony Ferguson, you know, kind of goes out and shows a lackluster performance,
1: I very well think this could be the last fight we see from him. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's going to
2: be really interesting to see, you know, how both guys look going into this fight and what their, you know, their kind of game plans are given the. The current situations both of them are in but yeah like this is uh, this is just a huge fight for for not one or the other but just both of them you know just all everything kind of on the line like they got to go out there and uh, just put everything on the line their heart and soul into it
0: this needs to be do or die for sure and, and now Tony in interviews leading up to this week has made a lot of mentions saying that he dropped some coaches kind of changed his team around a little bit Um, still kept a lot of his main guys in place though, didn't do a wholesale change, but talked a lot about focusing more on himself, said he wasn't in the right headspace going into the last few fights. Um, And it is worth mentioning his last fight against um, Nate Diaz was not, it was a last minute replacement. I think he was scheduled to fight someone else. So this was not, Although we all loved the Tony-Nate fight, we loved the idea that I don't think that was necessarily preferable or the best situation for Tony Ferguson. Yeah, no. So seeing him have a full camp against the same opponent and seeming to be a little more dialed in, it's going to be very interesting seeing how he approaches this fight
1: differently.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Like I said, Like it's really going to be interesting to see what kind of game plans they got. Uh you know, lined up in, in what their strategies are going to be for this and how they, what they think is the best course of action to come out on top in whatever way is required for them to do so.
1: But I'm really
2: looking forward to, again, e- even just like the, the Holland fight beforehand, it's just going to be interesting to see what, what the strategy is. You know, is it going to be, you know more tactical and waiting for that moment and opportunity to strike or is it going to be just going hard right off the bat and try and seal the deal early and and get a you know a dominant looking victory or are they just trying to get just a win in general it's mm-hmm. it's and no, dominant I'm so excited to see how it how it's going to play out
0: mm-hmm. dominant win has always been like that that kind of go out be crazy that has been tony's style so it's going to be interesting to see if he Maybe slows it down a little bit, or how he approaches this fight differently.
2: Yeah, exactly, right? For sure.
0: Now, moving on to the next one, we got a huge, huge uh, matchup between Derek Lewis huge and fight. a huge fight, a big heavyweight title fight against Derek Lewis and Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. And I will say,
2: this is Derek Lewis coming in with some abs here. Have you been seeing that? I did. I saw that, and I was like, "Man, I would. I bet my house on him to win this fight." Now,
0: exactly. Like, He's coming abs, in. I
2: was like, "Man, that's that's all you need to know, really."
0: And what's interesting to say, it's not Lewis with abs at a lower weight. He still weighed in at two sixty three.
2: Yeah, like imagine being two hundred sixty three pounds and actually having abs at you can see. Like that's
0: that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh. That's just awesome. I love that. And he's, he talked a lot about, uh, in his pre-fight interviews, how I believe in his last fight, he was very unhealthy and actually passed out prior to the weight cuts. Really? Yeah. was unconscious and almost had to have the fight pulled due to that. So seeing him a lot more healthy, it's going to be very interesting to see maybe how that changes. Now he is coming off a submission and two knockout losses so it's going to be interesting to see where his confidence is at but i am very excited to kind of see this new reinvented derrick lewis and how he's going to attack this division
2: yeah i'm I'm very excited to to just yeah to see what he comes in into this you know ready to do and accomplish and you know what i'm just i'm gonna throw it out because if i'm wrong hey what the fuck do i know but if i'm right I look so good. I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Lewis gets, uh, what is it, performance of the night?
1: Or knockout. Yeah, like,
2: he's he's just, I feel like he's going to come out and just look incredible, and I'm, I'm so excited for this.
0: Yeah, I don't know if, Derek Lewis, I don't think, is going to get a, a fight of the night, but I could easily see him getting a knockout of the night. Yeah. Performance bonus all-encompassing, kind of that, that performance i'm very much looking forward to that and moving up into the light or moving down i guess to the light heavyweight division but moving up into the card to the co-main event we got i think i had originally heard and originally said that this was set to be a interim title fight it is not it is just a three round um title contender fight between the number three and the number two in the division alex pereira taking on jan Blahovic. yep what
1: are your thoughts on this one? Oof. this this fight is is like i, I i've mixed
2: emotions because i'm i'm so looking forward to this fight but i'm just upset that it's that it's not going to be a five round fight you know it's it's not going to be one that that's just going to be a like that's just going to go the distance and be just incredible like it it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a great fight nonetheless but like you know title on the line five rounds would have made this fight just electric but it's still going to be electric nonetheless i think
0: electric nonetheless and may i may put this
1: out there yeah whether it was booked for five or booked for two It was never made or booked for five or booked for
0: three. It was never making it out of the second round. That is my prediction. I'm pulling up um really some of the odds here now. I do not see this fight because I think the only path for victory for Jan Blahovic here is to get it to the ground. I think Jan is going to have to show off his grappling very early on. Okay, if he wants to extend this fight. And I think if he's able to get it to the ground early on, he does have that strength and submission ability that if it's early in the fight and they're not as slippery, I think, honestly, I think this very well could be a first round finish. That's what I'm calling it as. I think it's either going to be a okay. very quick submission from Blahovich. I think we're seeing a first round submission or we're seeing a first or second round knockout from Pereira. Um, They kind of spoke in the interview that Jan Blachowicz in the past has welcomed a lot of middleweights to that light heavyweight division with a lot of success for Blachowicz, but then Pereira um, responded to this by bringing out in the past, Blachowicz has always been knocked out with the left cross.
1: What is Pereira's most nastiest shot? That left cross. Yeah, it's the I'm one that slept that
0: first time. That's what slept Strickland. That's what slept a lot of people in the UFC. And something about Pereira, maybe the way he torques his body, maybe the the target of it. If he connects clean with that left hook, it is good night, Irene. You are waking up looking at Herb
1: Dean right there.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at it now. It just updated here for me. It's even odds on that fight. It it just switched now. I was just looking at it, and now it's it's even odds for this fight. So
0: that
1: that's
2: bold yeah. that you you think it's gonna be a quick, you know, not necessarily quick, but like it, it's not making it out of the second round at all.
0: Yeah. So sorry, I, we cut out there for just a second. Um, I pulled up
1: my bookie here. Do you know what the over under is set at for rounds? No. One and a half. Okay. So I'm I'm not the only one thinking it's not going to make it past that second guess, round. Yeah. The bookies are having
0: it as that is the that's the line is one and a half rounds. So maybe,
2: maybe you're onto something then.
0: I think I'm onto something now. And the under one and a half is currently the minus two hundred eight favorite, as far as how the line. Oh,
1: I'm looking at the wrong one. The under one and a half. Plus one fourteen odds and one to slam. They're between the two are almost even. It's pretty much a pick
0: em fight at this point.
2: Yeah, it really is. But I mean I mean, hey, you know what? You you know more than me. You have more knowledge than me. So if you think Pereira's got this one, I would I would fully back you and
1: not consider it twice. I just, I'm so torn on this fight because I think it could very
0: well go either way. I think Pereira is coming off of a knockout, but he is coming off of a knockout at a much lower weight division, and a lot of people kind of
1: credit that huge weight cut to him, him getting knocked out by Izzy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I almost think for the parlay, if we're putting together a parlay,
0: maybe we don't even touch that fight and we just, part of our parlay, put the under as our bet. Yeah. Cause that I could be a well bad way to do that. it. That
1: being said, both fighters are very patient. Both fighters are known yeah. to go flying, swinging, known to
0: take their time to power shots, which is going to play a huge role into maybe extending it into later rounds. That being said... If that so, maybe happen.
2: for it you just do that it it doesn't go the distance. Yeah, it doesn't then.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if we can put that onto the parlay. Uh, it's worth mentioning. That might be the first, way to go. is the underdog going into this Bobby Green fight at plus two eighty, with Bobby Green being the minus four hundred betting favorite. Yeah. This is going to be an exciting one. This will be an exciting one. But
2: before we, you know, do up our whole uh, PGO parlay here, we still got one more fight to talk about.
0: Oh, do we? What would that fight be, Brandon?
2: Oh, we talked about before. We think it could be the fight of the year. What are they fighting for, Brandon? The BMF title. What does that stand for, Brandon? Baddest motherfucker. Baby. It's going to be such a good fight I, like This I, one is going to be good
0: If you are a fight fan You are crazy to be missing this fight um, I'm, at a, I'm out at a show tonight actually I'm hoping I can catch it in a bar somewhere If not I think I'm buying the pay-per-view And Just buying it at home And setting it to record So I can watch the fights when I get home Um, From from the fight or from the show
2: you gotta do whatever you gotta do to watch this fight whether you're you're watching it live in the moment or you're you know blocking out the outside world and and getting home to watch it either way it's you gotta do what you gotta do for this fight because this one is going to
0: bang i yeah uh, i really think that is the move is uh kind of putting those horse blinders on so i can't hear any news on it because this is going to be an exciting one Right now, the odds have been shifting quite a lot. I think for a while, they opened up at even. Gaethje was given the slight favorite. Now, the line has shifted back in favor of Poirier. Poirier currently being the minus 153 favorite, with Gaethje being a plus 121 underdog. But that's really not an underdog. No. That's, and, that's and just be- a slight edge in the books.
2: Yeah, and and before we dive even further into this... um. So like we mentioned, you know, we're having some technical difficulties. We tried recording the last couple of days didn't work out. Um, but one of the things we, we, we did talk about that I'm just going to come back to now is we we talked about like I mentioned to you that the whole thing that I've been reading about how this is in Salt Lake City and the elevation there mm-hmm. and how much that can, you know, um, affect fighters and, and affect, you know, fights that are. Like that could go this long, you know, because this is a five round fight and how Gaethje um, normally trains out of Colorado. So he's used to kind of that higher elevation and whatnot um, in preparation for now this fight that's in Salt Lake. And so I just wanted if if you could just kind of just repeat what you told me before, just in case anyone was wondering on, you know, how it's maybe not as in favor of Gaethje as people are making it seem based on what you know about what Poirier has been doing leading up to this fight.
0: Yeah, so Poirier um, has talked about he hasn't done too anything too too different. With the one big exception is he actually hooked up with a company. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the company name, but where he's been giving him plenty of free promotion during fight week. But he's actually been sleeping in an elevation tent.
1: So this is a tent that goes over. Head. He's making more here. And he is sleeping at, um, I think he
0: said five thousand feet. I, I, I'm just pulling a number out of my ass. But he is sleeping at elevation, and a lot of people, um, some science believes that it's one thing to train in elevation; it's another thing to recover in elevation, which is what Dustin Poirier has been doing. Yeah. On top of that, the uh, place he's staying at, he came out eight days early to the fight, and he's actually staying another thousand feet above where he will be fighting on the night of the fight so he has been doing little things to acclimate himself to that altitude um and he's also said a few times he goes it's still 25 minutes you know he has been doing this an incredibly long time and he's always been known for his incredible gas tank so i don't see this being a huge factor but i think it's always one of those things where going into it it's not a huge factor Unless he loses, or something, I think we'll be very quick to say, oh well, there's the elevation, exactly oh, right? Oh, well, and That's something, thing, yeah, something to mention. The way these two guys fight is very, very high pace. Both of them push paces on their opponents. So even in the first fight, when it wasn't at elevation, you know, there there was clear fatigue and exhaustion into that fourth round just because of the sheer volume they were throwing. So I think. We're gonna see fighter. Both fighters get tired. I think we're gonna see both fighters really have to bite down on that mouthpiece. But I don't think we're necessarily gonna see one or the other gas out, as they would say.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because you already explained that to me. But you know, for anyone listening that's been hearing those rumors, you know, the way you explain it makes a whole lot more sense of it now, rather than people are just saying, "Oh, Gaethje trains at a higher elevation, so like naturally he's." He's got the huge upper hand in this, mm-hmm. um, but now, now you can kind of see where you know it. It, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of a an even bout when it when you take that into account.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, non- nonetheless,
2: also, like it's going to be such a good fight.
0: Yeah, and also it's, it's one of those things of Porier is not a is not a new fighter, nor is he out of a rinky dink you know private camp. He's with he's with the biggest team probably in. The sport right now, American Top Team, um, a stable of some of the best fighters out there and a stable that has produced some great fighters, even if they've left American Top Team or came in later in their career, you know, with the coaching experience he has with that team, you can almost guarantee that they've gone through the steps to make sure he is prepared. Something that I don't think is being mentioned that I'm going to throw out there
1: is just a maybe slight risk. Okay. In the first fight between Gaichi and Poirier, Gaethje
0: ate Poirier's legs up. Or, or Gaethje's known as being one of the best leg kickers in the division, if not the sport. And actually, I think tore, tore Poirier's quad muscle last time. Like, he couldn't sit for a week or stand for a week. Like, did a significant amount of damage. Now, that was five years ago. And Poirier mentioned in an interview that for, you know, eight weeks out of the 10-week camp, he, he's been checking so many kicks. He's been having knee bruises, deep bone bruises, kind of talking about how he's really putting in that conditioning work to prepare that leg for a war.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you yeah. know what the other guy's strong suit is and it, what their tactics are and what their their kind of game plan is, like, you have no choice but to do whatever it takes to prepare for that and put yourself in the best position to... I wouldn't even say necessarily counter, but just put yourself in the best position to endure what they're going to dish out. Because you know it's coming one way or another. Mm -hmm. So you've just got to put your body in the best position to be able to withstand it and give yourself a chance moving forward with it.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: here's when he said that, I actually got worried. I didn't like hearing that. Here's a figure of mine i'm going I'm going to put out a scenario, and I want you to tell me who this is. Cat. Okay. A fighter gets heavily affected by leg kicks. In preparation to the next fight trains an insane amount of leg kicks and conditions that leg to an extreme level leading up to that next fight. Yeah. Who was that? Um. Oh, I thought there was gonna be. A, I thought you're gonna like make it like a layup for me. Um. I'll I'm, give you I, a hint. It involved one
0: of these two fighters, but they were they were on the giving end of the leg kicks, not the receiving
1: end.
2: Okay, so you're talking about McGregor then?
1: McGregor leg. Okay. That's that, that's that's what I that, that's what do. Yeah. And this that's is what, what I worries me.
0: This is what worries me. Like, yes, you need to prepare for that. But when I heard Poirier in the interview say, you know, eight of these I had deep knee bone bruises, I've had deep shin bone bruises, deep bone bruises, that is concerning to me. That is, it, it, yes, it is a yeah. piece of conditioning. But but there's also there is also that piece of, are, are you
1: overdoing it? Is there maybe a micro fracture?
2: yeah 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 when you put it in in that perspective yeah like you you do want like i get the point of trying to condition your body and get it ready but at the same time you're also potentially giving yourself a lot of weak points now and weak spots within your body that if those get attacked over and over again like they're not going to hold up um as well because of they're probably not fully healed like that's still it's still there from what you've been putting it through. So I, yeah, I, I, I do see what, what you're saying though, for sure. And how that could have an effect on, on this.
0: I think it could have a huge effect on this. And so that's, that's definitely uh, a point of concern for me going
1: into this fight. Um, that being said, I think it might be time to put together this parlay
0: Brandon and oh,
2: I think so. Let's start from the start of the main card. We'll work our way up to the main event. We'll see we'll see which ones we we agree on and which ones we don't and then we'll we'll come to to understandings and and put this one together here.
1: Do we start way at the prelims? Early prelims?
0: Cuz I I'm inclined to put Cheddar on Miranda Maverick. I'm a fan of hers. Okay I have I have been since she came into the sport. I'm gonna I'm going to uh send you a picture or from her Instagram here. Oh boy. She,
1: well she notoriously has a um an incredible physique. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of hers too. I'm I'm totally fine
2: with uh with including her in here on this because i I have very high faith that she's going to get the win here, so I have no no issues with um throwing her on here to kick this off.
1: Mm-hmm. now, again, she is a she she came up short, a very underwhelming performance in the fight. You, you you came you you kind of cut
0: out there for a sec um. She came up short against her fight with Macy Barber.
1: I don't think they did. They fight. I was just looking that up. I don't think they did. Oh, yeah, they did. When was this? A while ago, maybe. I was going to say, I don't, yeah, it, would,
2: it wouldn't have been recent.
1: 2021.
2: Oh, OK, so OK, so 20. OK,
0: so so came off of two losses in 2021 had a fight cancelled, and then when it was rescheduled in 2022, she won that via decision. She's coming off a loss via decision against um, Jasmine
1: Jasduvicius. So it's going to be interesting seeing... she She's lost some
0: fights to decisions. Yeah. Right? She's not going out there and getting finished.
1: She's going out there and getting technically beat. Yeah. I may regret this, but I think we're going to stay away from her in the parlay. Okay. All right. Maybe
2: we'll just do a main card parlay. Yep yeah, that 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 works for me. I got no
0: issues with that. Because here at the PGO team, we are feminists. But remember our last parlay, the one,
1: the one week link that lost us the parlay was molly mccann yep we don't know how to bet on women yeah Yeah. we know how to support them we know how to respect
2: respect them yeah but when it when it comes to to picking a a a win yeah we just we don't
0: we don't yeah
1: all right, so let, let's
0: start with the Kevin Holland Michael Chiesa fight. I'm gonna give the edge to Holland here. I think it's an incredibly tight one, but I'm I'm gonna have to give it just to Holland based off the fact that Holland's still hungry, he's still active, and he is still training. Chiesa is coming off a long layoff, coming off of injury. Yeah. We don't know how much he's been training. I think he had a surgery. Maybe I could be misquoting but I think I got to give the slight edge to Holland here. The bookies do have a Holland as the minus 153 favorite with giving Kiesa the slight plus 119 underdog position. And I think I'm going to have to ride with Holland on this one. What are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. Um, you know, probably out of most of the fights, like, well, out of all the fights on the main card, this is the one I'm probably, I would say, the most unfamiliar with, um, but I, I did have Kevin Holland picked as my like, to, like to win this one, um, just based on the fights that I've seen from him recently, and just kind of everything leading up to it. He is the one that I did have written down here as my pick for that one. So I'm,
0: I'm totally fine with that one. All right, move on. this one. I am worried about. I think we might be taking some underdogs on this parlay. Oh, we are. Oh, Al we are. Kui and Bobby Green. Bobby Green is the minus four hundred favorite here, with Ferguson coming up at a two, plus two eighty underdog.
1: I don't think I can bet against Al Kakui. I think. I think this yeah. is a matchup that suits him. He's no longer against a top fifteen in the division.
2: That is true.
0: He's focused a little more for this fight. He is
1: against a wild unorthodox fighter like Bobby Green, but I think he can kind of flourish. Yeah. Um, okay, give me your biggest reason
2: for for going with Ferguson. Just, now, give one, just give me your one biggest reason for taking
1: Ferguson. It's El Okay. There's there's no logical reason
0: other than he's he's him he's the boogeyman. I I can't bring myself to bet against
2: him. No, I'm I'm fine to ride with you on that one. I'm I'm on the wagon.
0: I think I'm gonna be crying over a losing betting ticket, but you know what? I gotta take that chance, Brandon.
2: No, I'm I'm right with you.
0: I think I think we gotta I ride no without crew. Yeah. And 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 maybe maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm stuck in the past. Maybe I'm stuck in 2018, 2016. But I just, because for the longest time it was he—he just was unbeatable, and now he has been very beatable. And sometimes, once you become beatable, no, because you know what? What?
2: Ready for this? You ready for this? Give it to me. You know why Tony Ferguson's gonna win? Why? Because, in the wise words of a man, the comeback is greater than the setback.
1: Words going?
2: Antonio Brown is manifesting this win for Tony Ferguson.
0: And after this win, Tony Ferguson is going to fuck Adam-22's wife.
1: Yeah, Adam-22 can't stop him. Can't do, can't do shit about it.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm totally fine with uh, with Ryan with Ferguson on this one. I've. I have no
0: issues there. All right, we already this. This is. I think is going to be a pretty. We're. We're. We're creating some pretty wild odds on this parlay, Brandon. Already, we, only after two. Yeah, only after
1: two are already up there. Now I'm just pulling up. Um. Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. He won
0: his last fight um, via d- decision. Round three went the distance. Lost uh, due to submission against Andre... Or won due to submission against Andre Orlovsky. Lost a decision to Blagoj Ivanov. Um, and then and then we're getting back into 2021 here. He TKO'd um, Ben Rothwell early on. And won a decision against Marty Screen. And now, now we're getting too far in the pass. I I think this is Derek Lewis's fight, man. Yeah, yeah, Despite it is. Despite him being the underdog, the black beast with abs. How can you bet against that, damn Literally.
2: it? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's there's not much more needs to be said. I'm right in with you on that one.
0: I almost I almost want to just lock these three in as just a quick little quick hit parlay. Before we, before we move on, because those three alone are giving us plus um, 1,600
1: odds here.
2: Yeah, like, between those three alone, I'm... Yeah, let's, let's make that one a mini one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lock that in as a mini parlay. Because um, it's wild and it's crazy, but it's fun, goddammit.
2: Yeah. We have fun here.
1: We, we're What's a sports podcast. We're all about fun. We're fun guys. Um so again we got um okay. So we're we're resetting the parlay here. We got Holland, Al Kakui,
0: the Black Beast. I am gonna have to give the nod to to Alex Pereira on two yeah. reasons. Number one, he does have that knockout power. He is or three reasons. Number one, he's got that power. He has the ability to connect and put lights out, and as good as Blahovich is, he has been shown that that can happen to him. Yeah. Number two, I believe back in kickboxing, Pereira was fighting at 205. Okay. Moved down to chase Izzy, and now he's back at his original weight, so I think he is going to be a lot stronger, a lot more powerful, a lot more comfortable within this weight
1: division. Yeah. His main training partner, Glover Teixeira, was the guy that beat Blahovic for the belt just a year or two ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he, so he's been training with top guys. He knows how to beat them. and I think, you know, a lot of
0: people are saying Blahovic, and th- and that's what worries me. I think Blahovic, like he has the clear clear ground advantage because you think about how he was able to dominate Izzy on the ground and Izzy was able to take Pereira to the ground so by MMA math Lehovich should be able to breathe lightly and get him to the ground but
1: there's been some time we're moving up to a heavier weight division yeah and Pereira only needs one he only needs one. Yeah. No, I'm I'm
2: fully okay with taking Pereira in this one.
1: All right, we'll put Pereira on there,
2: and then the big one.
0: And do we want to do we want to make it extra crazy and add in the under round and a half, or should we just should we just not not risk fate yeah, on that I, one? Yeah,
2: I I just say wouldn't wouldn't risk it. Because I would be so rattled if everything hit, and that was the one part that didn't. Yeah. i say maybe it was like a late round two finish or something. Exactly.
0: Because they're both patient enough that that's a very real possibility. Like, exactly, there's, right? There's a chance Blahovic takes Pereira down early in the second round. Pereira gets up late in the second round and KOs him. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah. Up to the final, the final one. Yeah. Dustin versus Justin. Dustin. I'm, I'm curious to see what you have who who you want to go with on this one. What are you feeling? What's what's big Will the throw feeling for this one? I gotta give the to Dustin Poirier here. And here and here's my reasoning. Poirier doesn't. Lose on the feet Okay I know it's been a while Since since Justin lost on the feet And he's, he's changed up his
0: His fighting style A little bit since their first matchup I know they're two completely different
1: fighters But you have to take into account And I'm gonna just pull up their records Like <sighs> I don't know I just I kind of want to ride with, with Gaethje on this one. Really?
2: I kind of do. It's, it's a it, it,
1: reasoning? It's, you give me
0: your reasoning, I'll give you mine.
2: It's not even like I can sit there and just be like, oh, like, like this technical reason, this one. It, it's just kind of a gut feeling for me. And he's, he, he even came out, what was it? He came out before and said, you know, he's kind of doing his... I don't want to say it's like necessarily a farewell tour, but he's kind of like said that you know we he kind of is understand this is kind of getting more so near the end for him and you, you know he wants to go on a, a big run here still and show that he can still be the best but he understands you know that 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 time is is a factor within his career and i just feel like he's gonna go out there and just put everything he's got into this like he's gonna i feel like he's just like i mean they both are obviously but like i feel like Gaeth- he's just ready to go to war and he's not ready to take a loss that, you know, could inevitably start to maybe be more near the end for him.
0: And and it's funny you say that. I think the same thing for Dustin Poirier. So I believe both fighters are the same age.
2: I think so.
1: Yeah. Both fighters have had the same amount of fights since their last fight. They've beaten the same people, they've lost to the same people, more or less. And and I'm just going to bring this up. So, both of them don't lose on the feet. Yeah. Right? So, Poirier's last win was a submission win against Michael Chandler. Yep. But before that, it was a submission loss to Oliveira. Which, no, no fault there. Like that's no fault. Here, here's here's what I'm here's how I'm gonna try
0: and sell you on it. Okay. All right. You you sell me on Gaethje. I'll sell you on Poirier. Dude, Gaethje's um, a beast. What more do I need to say? All right. Absolute animal. As a kid, that's proof he has done <laughs> cardio. We don't know if Justin Gaethje even fucks. Oh, he fucks. I don't know. Doesn't have a kid. He he, Fox doesn't have a kid.
1: Dude, he's a stud, and Poirier <laughs> isn't. Well, he is, but like. All right. So so so, if you look back at their their
0: fighting history here, and we'll we'll even go back to,
1: let's say let's say twenty. What do you want to say? Twenty. Let, let's go since their last fight, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um. or we'll go 2018. Dustin Poirier beats Eddie Alvarez on the feet. Yeah. TKO's him. Poirier beats Justin Gaethje on the feet. TKO's him. Submission okay. plus to Khabib. Well, before that, he beats Max Holloway, who some consider one of the best boxers in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Beats Dan Hooker. Beats Conor McGregor.
0: So here's here's where I think it's it's going to get interesting because both of them are wild fighters. Both of them have shown the ability to really bite down on their mouthpiece and
1: throw. The big exception being. Gechi Gaethje, Geucci's big style, i'm trying I'm trying to find a way to word this. Gey's big style change since the last fight
0: was he slowed down and picked his shots more meaningfully. yeah that, that was kind of that big, that big stylistic change as he slowed down, became more defensive, improved his footwork, and chose his shots more carefully.
1: So you go, that that would be the big, and that was kind of the big turnaround when he beat Tony Ferguson. hmm
0: Then he, he beats Michael Chandler via decision, goes the distance, loses to Oliveira, and beats Rafael Fazeev going the distance. Again, learning to slow down and pick a- So you go in... If it turns into a firefight again, I almost got to give the the nod to Poirier because last time it was a firefight. Last time it was just wild swinging. Poirier came out on top. He showed he was able to win that wild swing battle. So going into yeah. the second fight, you're going to have to go okay. Well, now Poirier's fighting a bit of a different opponent. He's fighting someone that's less of a wild swinger and more of a slow down, pick your shots. So who does he have experience against? Who someone who slows down and picks their shots? Well, Conor McGregor. Right? He's a sniper. No one, no one slows down and picks these hard
1: power shots better than Conor McGregor, right? Yeah. Right and Poirier beat him. Poirier showed he <sighs> could win in the heavy exchanges.
0: But in those slow, slower, not slow, but slower, methodical, big shot fights of you need to be able to take this hard hit and, and not get rattled, not get rocked, well, he took those hard hits against Conor. And it's not like he's coming off that where maybe his head's a little out of whack. No, no, this was a few years ago. He still improved, but he showed that ability to not just win in the wild boxing exchanges, but win in those technical boxing exchanges as well. Whereas Gaethje was winning in the wild or winning and losing in the wild boxing
1: exchanges and then moved to the technical exchanges and won through that. Uh, you're putting me in a tough position here. Right?
0: Like I, I think you you could me- use MMA math. But I think his, his
1: ability to show that he was able to beat, um, able to beat McGregor shows that
0: he is able to still exist in that slower, more power punching fight. Because you know, a lot of people have said it. Not just po- Poirier said it, but even Khabib says McGregor is the hardest hitter in that division. He is. No one hits harder than McGregor in that division. Yeah. Well, Justin or Dustin, Justin Dustin Dustin Poirier has Uh taken that hardest hitter. He's taken clean shots from him, and still been able to finish him. And I think, um, with Gaethje, although he is a lot more methodical and he does have that ability to stop fights, I think the biggest change is he's no longer going there to stop or be stopped. He's going there to win. Poirier has yeah. been going there to win, but he shows the ability to stop. He stopped McGregor. He stopped Michael Chandler. Gagey did not stop Michael Chandler. He beat him, but he beat him in decision. Now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Poirier beat him through submission, not a KO, but he was able to show that, that that he was able to make that adjustment. Now, what a lot of people have been talking about as well is, oh, well, Justin Gaethje was a D1 wrestler. Oh, he was a D1 wrestler that never uses wrestling. Oh, well, Justin Gaethje, you know, he has that wrestling background, but he never uses it. But boy, if he uses it, it's game over for Poirier. Oh, it's game over for everyone. But hey, man. Hey, man. Poirier's been in the game long enough. He has that jujitsu acumen. You know, he almost, he almost, no, I don't know how almost, but he had that, remember, he had that guillotine on Khabib that looked tight. It looked scary. He submitted Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's shown that I don't think, you know, where everyone's talking about I've I've been hearing it all this week. Well, if 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 Justin uses a bit of that D one wrestling, oh oh will it be game over for Poirier? I I think I gotta give the nod to Poirier. I think he's shown he survives on the ground. And it's something also worth mentioning, um, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Poirier, he got submitted
1: by Oliveira. Yeah. As did Gaethje. But Gaethje Uh also got knocked down by Oliveira and overwhelmed in that first round. Yeah. Right? Like we talk about, like Dustin Poirier dropped Oliveira, I think twice, and lost in round three. Gagey got ran through and lost in round one. I know
0: MMA math doesn't always work out, but I, I, I think you gotta give the slight edge to Poirier. I think maybe the one edge that Justin has in this is that elevation, but if you, look at, if you look at that boxing, right, like wild exchanges, well, Poirier dealt with a lot of wild exchanges against Hooker. He weathered the storm. He showed he can weather the storm in the wild exchanges. Okay, well, what about when Gaethje knocked out um
1: um what's his face not Michael Vick? I say I hope Michael Vick. I don't <laughs> know what he'd be doing. James Vick. He knocked out James Vick and he
0: knocked out Edson Barboza and Donald Cerrone with one punch. He's got that one punch power, yeah. But so does so does McGregor. Yep. Yeah. And Poirier survived that.
2: So, so what do you what? Okay, so, so I hear, I hear your points, what you're saying. What do you think of just, we, we, we completely agreed on all of the, uh, the other four fights on the main card.
1: This is the one we're split on. What if we just keep it split? You finish off your,
2: the one half of the PGO parlay with Dustin. I finish off the other half of the parlay with Justin, and then whoever wants to ride on whatever side with
0: us can. Yeah, you you do Justin, I do Dustin, and Michael Chiesa beats Holland in the first one and fucks the whole parlay up. Yeah, and then and then this
2: it all becomes irrelevant after yeah. that. But if
0: That's everything it. hits, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna have a little fifth fight on the parlay. And two of those fights are underdogs, one of them being the heavy underdog with Ferguson. Michael Green could make this all null and void.
1: Yeah.
2: But hear me out. Hear me out. This is sick, all right? Think of it this way. Every fight hits. It comes down to the last one. You're on one side. I'm on the other side. Listeners are, are picking whichever side to join us. We create a little bit of a war there. You know what else we're waging war against?
1: Big Energy!
0: There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by all, as always, by W Energy. We are proud partners with W Energy, the jitter-free, crash-free caffeine energy blend. You throw it in some water, you shake it up, like this fight card is going to shake up the lightweight division, and you chug her down, baby. W Energy Provides you with that energy you need without the jitters, without the crash, and without all that artificial filler BS that we see in big energy these days. It is cheaper than a cup of coffee if you're getting Starbucks every day. It is cheaper than if you're getting a big name, big energy brand every day. If you are someone that needs caffeine to get through the day, if you are someone that likes that little energy boost, Dubby Energy is where you need and uh, And we got a little deal for you, do we not, Brandon? Oh, that we do. that we do. Lay it on them. Well, if you hop over to our social medias and those social medias, oh, we haven't done this in a while. Those a social medias would be game overtime on YouTube, post game one word, p g o show on Instagram and TikTok and p g overtime on Twitter, yeah, yes, yeah, so we go. You hop to that little link in our bio, you click the W link, and you use code PGO at checkout. That's going to get you 10% off your order, and it lets them know we sent you. That's right. Code PGO at W Energy. Click the link in our bio so they know we sent you. One more time, PGO, that code gets you 10% off at checkout, folks. W Energy gives you the energy without the jitters, without the crash, and it wages war on big energy, folks.
2: Yeah. Oh fuck. Damn. You know what? For for a little bit of time off and coming in a little a little rusty on
0: it, you you banged that. Hey, I you know, is a- banged this card. I ain't no Connor McTapper. I don't get ring rust, folks. Yeah, it's I'm like straight we never yeah. left. I get network connectivity issues, but I do not get ring rust.
1: Damn straight. Um, I like it. So, all right. Do we want to? Do we want to maybe add?
0: Do we maybe want to add uh, add a little extra thing onto our our
1: our, our bet, so even okay. if the parlay flops, yeah. You're riding with Gechi. I'm riding with Dustin. Yeah. Do we want to say um, loser has to buy the winner some dubby? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. I'm down for that.
0: You'll be you'll be sending me a tub of that big energy tears, cause my favorite flavor. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll be having big you. energy
2: tears and Brandon tears, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, so you think?
0: I I'll, so I'll let you think that. So I know. I'll let you think that. I'll All right for that. This is one sexy parlay. Yeah. Um. So so we got a conflicting one. So. Up until the main event, we got Kevin Holland, Tony Ferguson, Derek and Alexander Pereira. And then this is where, folks, you can decide at home. If you want Justin, if you... De-Justin. De-Justin. If you want Dustin, if you want Justin, you got to decide who you're riding with, whether it's Team Will or Team Brandon. But either way, um, this parlay is going to get you some cheddar. Um, with Dustin
2: Holy Port- fuck it- is it ever...
0: What what's your odds out if you
2: take Gaichi because he is the underdog? Yeah. So we've got yes we've got so yeah. So if anyone's riding with with Team Brandon over here, uh, we're rolling with Holland, Ferguson, Lewis, and Gaichi. If you throw
1: five dollars, only five bones on that. Guess how much? How much? Five bones. Four hundred and eighty how much
2: 480
0: 480 oh my god 80
2: yeah that is that is one juicy pgo parlay right there
0: so five bones for uh for dustin poirier here to cap it off it's gonna get you a little less but the bookies are doing that because they know it's gonna hit um that's gonna get you 261 so the odds um with with our site is going to be that parlay's coming in at a plus 5200 odds um with uh 27 there that I'm just not going to mention
1: uh so a plus 5227 odds and that is going to get you 261 so wow that's a this lot less. Is, i i genuinely like
2: if if this if if this parlay hits for me i will like, even if Gaetano wins, I will buy you um, some dubby.
1: Yeah, actually, well,
0: you know, maybe we should change it. So, how about we make it, how about we make it this way? Okay.
1: I think we make it if if the parlay does hit, right? Yeah. The loser has to buy the win or something.
0: Yeah, but if the parlay hits. Then the winner should buy the lose or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh yeah. No, that yeah, that that makes sense. So if I'm totally okay with that. If so Parlay hits and and Dustin wins. I'll still get my big energy tears to wash down my own tears. And if Dustin wins without Parlay, I'll be sending you some beach and peach. Hell yeah. That's still your favorite flavor? Oh yeah, dude, beach and peach
2: is elite.
0: It's nowhere close to Big Energy Tears, baby.
2: But hey, at the end of the day, they're both good. Any flavor you get from Dubby will knock your socks off.
0: Exactly. Any flavor you get, you will be the winner,
2: folks. But it won't knock your socks off for bed because there's no crash.
0: Damn right. Ooh, you're good. Ooh, you're good. Ooh, I'm good. All right, so that is going to be our... Um, our parlay for the week. I
1: I wanna. I think I might put a little. I think I put might put a little more than five bones on it. I might. I might. I yeah, might. Yeah,
2: it's. It's. You know. It's how much do you wanna?
1: I might. I might put some
0: chatter. I have faith. These these are some juicy odds. These, this is this is a juice. This is a juiced up parlay. All right, I'm I'm laying in my money. I'm I say you put your five bones because you got you got those fucking steroids. You got those anabolic odds right there. Yeah, those odds are juice
1: to the gills. I'm uh, I think I'm gonna lay fifteen bones on it. Ooh, okay, all right. That that's gonna that's gonna bring me almost eight hundred bucks if this hits.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what we do here. We bet big and we lose even bigger folks. Damn straight. So real talk, who's, who's going to blow the parlay for us? Is it going to be Tony Ferguson? If Tony if Tony gets KO'd in the first round, I'm just going to go inside
1: and cry for I, a little bit. I
2: honestly believe that if the is going to fall apart, it's going to be the first fight.
1: Yeah, I think I think Kevin.
2: Like if 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 the parlay just flops right off the bat, it's just going to be like holy fuck. Yeah. It's going to be a tough day here, PGO. But it's what we do. We have fun.
0: We're always about having fun. We're always about having fun, folks. All right, so one more time, we got Kevin Holland, Tony Ferguson, six-pack abs, Derek Lewis, heavyweight Alexander Pereira, reinvigorated Tony Ferguson, destiny wrestler
1: Kevin Holland, in the pride of Lafayette, Louisiana for me. Dustin Poirier and for Brandon.
0: You got one of the most violent fighters in the division, Justin
1: the Highlight, Gagey.
2: Oh, I'm so excited for this. This is gonna be Oof. I can't wait for it to start.
1: I'm I'm just I'm a wreck to just thinking about it.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this.
1: Well and and we hedged our bets a little bit because if um if if let's say Pereira Oh, I think he cut out there. a blow No, oh. oh, I'm still losing, yeah. I'm back Oh, and he's back, and he's back. We're not—we're not disconnecting completely. This episode's
0: been going a little better. I'm not looking up anything on my computer. We're doing all the betting on my phone, folks, and I'm not using the Wi-Fi for my phone. We're doing it all on data, folks.
1: Call committed. up, call up Rogers. Add on two more gigabytes to my data plan because we are using it.
2: You are committed.
0: We're committed, man. Before we move on to a bit of clown news, do we want to talk some CFL football?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Um, I obviously, our initial plan was to to be rolling with a uh, a four team PJO parlay this week. You know, covering every game didn't happen. Um, you know, just due to some some technical issues that were out of our control, but I think it worked out for the best because we would have lost it all in yesterday because I would have been riding with uh, Ottawa to win and Ottawa to, uh, yeah, to win that game. Um, They made it interesting at the end, but unfortunately did not get the job done. They did take the L in a close game against Hamilton. Um, So we dodged a bullet there, um, but we still got three juicy games here. Um, two, Two taking place today and the final game taking place tomorrow, but we've got some good games here coming up.
0: Yeah, so, so UFC is definitely a little bit of my forte. I've been a fan for a while. But Brandon, you are the CFL man here on campus. Whisper sweet, nothing's into my ear. Tell me what to expect and tell me how to bet. Lay it on me, baby. The 1st I'll set you up. The first one we got is we got your Saskatchewan Rough Riders as plus 360 underdogs taking on the minus 500 favorite Toronto Argonauts with a 10 point spread. Then we got the plus 290 underdog Edmonton Elks at home. That's not a good one. Taking on the minus 380 BC Lions with a 7 point spread. And then the Sunday night game is the Stampeders taking on the ALOED. Stampeders are a slight underdog with that plus we've taken on the minus 145 Montreal Alouettes with a three-point spread.
1: Lay it to me, Chief.
2: Oof. I mean, so... So, we'll start with the first one. This is the the game between the, the Riders and the Argonauts. This is actually kind of the fun, fun game. This game is actually taking place over in Halifax at St. Mary's University. Um... So just just kind of a fun, you know, fun game that that doesn't take place in either Toronto or Saskatchewan. It's in a third environment. Um, so you know, you know, I mean, it is over out east more so. Assuming it's probably going to be more Toronto fans, um, but it, it does open the door for possibility of you know a, a good diversity between fan bases. So maybe one team doesn't necessarily have home field advantage. Um, like you said, I'm a big Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan but i do think toronto does win this game again just due to uh the 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 injury at the quarterback position for the riders the amount of injuries just in and out of their lineup i again much like last week against bc i do think Saskatchewan's going to be able to keep it a close game just off their defense alone their defense has played just lights out the last few weeks um but the Riders' offense just is not cooking. Looks like Russell Wilson last year just absolutely abysmal. Um, so you know, I, I so I, I believe Toronto will win this game. Unfortunately, but I do see that the the Riders cover with it being a, t- a ten and a half um, spread there. So that, that's kind of my initial picks for for this game, just based on so Riders look we yeah, exactly. And even last week, you know, I mean, our parlay didn't hit at all just due to multiple errors. Um, But the one that bugged me the most was just the way that the Riders um, handled the tail end of that game against BC. You know, they go for it on a on a third down. um, And for anyone who doesn't know, CFL is only three downs, not four like the NFL. So Riders risked it all on a third down. Rather than just taking the field goal and, you know, still having like three minutes on the clock to work with. Instead, they decide to go for it on third down. They convert on that third down. They end up getting down to another third down scenario, third and goal. They then decide to now kick for a field goal then. But by then they drained out most of their clock. So they were forced to um, do an onside kick after they just made it a... Seven point game, and BC recovers that onside kick. They can easily kick a field goal, puts it back up to 10 points there. So the riders are no longer covering the spread, and they end up losing by 10 points there. So for me, that was a good pick because the riders realistically should have covered there. It was just poor time management by their coaches, poor decision making. I expect them to be more on the ball and dialed in for this game. And I believe the Riders' defense, again, is going to come out and just put on a clinic. So, you, you know, whatever way you want to roll with it for your parlays, um, I do think Toronto wins this game, but I do see the Riders covering. Okay. Um, Moving on. Next Next Moving one, on I mean...
1: Lions-Elks.
2: You, you know, anyone who doesn't even know much about football... We're all riding with the BC Lions. We're riding on them to stomp the, the Elks. Um, history will be made today that the Edmonton Elks will set the North American record for most home losses in a row by a single team when they inevitably reach. I believe it will be 18 today. Um, to take that record, I mean, like BC's going to win right. like they they lost their their quarterback went down injured last week. Vernon Adams, their backup, Dane Evans, you know, is it, still a phenomenal quarterback. He's probably still a top, you know, I mean, when you look at it, there's nine teams in the CFL. Dane Evans is still a top ten quarterback in the league whatever mm-hmm. whatever spot you want to put him he's he's well deserving of being in that top ten. and he started the season as a backup. But he has the reins now to run with it. He's going up against a dog shit elks team that can't win at home can't win on the road can't win to save their life um and bc's also got you know one of if not the best defensive player in the league right now um i mean it's just there's just not much more to say this is really just bc's game to to dominate here um you know, I, I'm assuming we're going to see Betts probably hit, get a couple more sacks here and there, especially against that Elks team.
1: Who, who, sorry, who did
2: done,
0: you say was injured for the Lions?
2: Ah, uh, their their quarterback Vernon Adams. He went down last week, early in the game, even. And Dane Evans came in and um, looked really good. But I am I am definitely riding with with BC on this game. I don't think anyone should. Be touching the elks with a ten foot pole. That's, you know, if if you're just willing to risk it all for for some cheddar on the elks, fair play. But it's it's not gonna hit. I was gonna say this
0: tells me the betting gods aren't gonna let them beat that record.
2: No, they're 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 gonna beat that record. They're, there's no way the elks beat the lions. You sure? You know, if if it was a game, maybe against the Stamps, kind of the way they've been looking lately, maybe against um, Montreal, maybe against Saskatchewan. Now, given their injuries, but against BC, you know, top of the uh, top of the West, like they're five and one. The Elks are zero and seven. The Elks have no business in this game. All right. I'd even be just shocked if they keep it kind of a close, exciting game, let alone to actually win. It's just a little too far out of the out of the picture.
1: So we're, we're riding. I'm well, at least me. I, I, I'm definitely riding with uh, the lines on this one.
2: And then what was the I'm just trying to find here. What was the third game again? It was Calgary and Montreal.
0: Yeah. Calgary, Montreal,
2: I the, the Sunday game. And that one is being played in Montreal. I'm unsure on this one. I, I could realistically seeing this game go either way. Very, very similar to last week. Uh, the final game of the week was Ottawa and Calgary in Calgary. And that one I was, I was on the fence about, you know, I was going back and forth. Like it's, this game's going to be a close game and it's a, a three point spread um with with Montreal being the favorite but again like Calgary could could just as easily win this game just like last week they could have easily uh beaten Ottawa they they took the loss hard in in overtime but you know do you do you have a feeling on this game do you have a gut instinct on what you're feeling for it
0: i unfortunately don't i uh i always like to ride with the home team i'm always always uh incurred the ride with my Peters, but i uh i haven't been keeping up to date on who's injured who's not and who's been performing and who's been showing up short
1: yeah the- these are yeah. i'm i'm very i think i'm more so
2: leaning towards montreal just on the fact that they did um you know they they did have a bye week last week, so they're coming in a little bit more fresh. Whereas Calgary had to go to war in that overtime game against Ottawa, uh, and a high scoring game at that. And even just looking at some of Montreal's last couple games, you know they took a they took a hard hard l against Winnipeg. Every team pretty much does. Um, they went to battle with BC, came up short. Came up short in a close game against Toronto. You know Calgary's a 2 and 4 record Montreal's 2 and 3 um I really think this game is a them could go either way. I think I'm more so leaning towards going with Montreal just because they're they're going to have that home field advantage. They're coming in a little bit more more fresh. Um but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary walks away with the win in this one.
1: Really? So
0: you think Calgary could uh, come in as the underdog winner?
2: Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm initially riding with Montreal just based on some factors. But if Calgary wins, I wouldn't be shocked one bit. I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. Mm. Because they, they've realistically could very well um come out and, and stomp Montreal. Like this game's got the ability for either team to just lay lay a whooping on the other one or it could be a a close game right down to the end even potentially an overtime game like there's there's no telling which way this game's gonna go i think
1: so for the sake of the money line i think from for money
2: like if, if we're if we're splitting it up into two separate ones money line i would be more inclined to ride with montreal but in terms of the spread, I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary can cover. Even though it is
1: um, only a three-point spread, I would be more inclined to take Calgary on that one. For me, personally, at least. Um, for that one. Because, again, this game is kind of the
2: more, more up-in-the-air one compared to the other two matchups that, that are um, taking place today.
0: So wrapping up, folks. Sorry, we had uh, one last technical glitch, but I think we should be able to get us through to the end of the episode.
1: Yep. Um. I. Uh, so. So. What. What is. How are we finishing off this parlay? So. What. What do we want to make for
0: this parlay? Are we. Are we putting in the Stampeders?
2: Um. <clears throat> Well, depends. Are we are we doing two separate parlays? Are we doing ones with the spread? Are we just doing straight money line ones? Or what are we thinking?
1: Well, we can do. Hmm. <laughs> because
2: if if anyone's just wanting to do a straight money line one, the way that I'm thinking this week weekend's gonna go um, is I think Toronto is gonna win, BC is gonna win, and then Montreal is going to win. Um, if you're All more right. so kind of taking the spread. I would take for the riders, um, the lines and then the stamps there. Is is what I'm feeling if if you're wanting to, to do it that way.
1: So we got Lions, Argos, and Alouettes for the money line. Five on that gets you seven. Yeah, not not, not the best odds, but real estate's the
2: best way to to walk away with a little bit of cheddar.
0: Cheddar. And then we're taking the Riders, Lions, and Stampeders. Um on the money line or on the spread. So that's gonna give us uh, Saskatchewan needing to cover a or get within that plus ten spread, lions needing to cover a minus seven spread, and stampeders needing to keep it close at a plus three spread. Yeah. Significantly better odds. Five gets you 300. Or, oh, geez, not 300.
1: Five gets you 30. And I like it, sir. Yeah, you're on board? I'm on board. So, once again, that is stamps
0: plus three, lions minus seven, and riders, riders plus 10. And then we got alouettes, lions, and argos on the straight money line. That is your CFL PGO
1: spread parlay of the week boom got any clown news no not overly
2: no it's been pretty pretty tame everybody seems everybody's kind of on edge because we're back now no one wants to to be thrown on the clown report just yet they don't want to be the the fresh meat on the table so i think everybody's kind of been been on their best behavior as of late
0: all right, I, I I got a few. Number one, we'll throw on Michelle Pereira for missing weight and fucking yeah. up an amazing fight. He would, he's, he's a karate capoeira fighter taking on a karate fighter. It would have been the most exciting striking fights we were gonna see this year, and he took that away from us. Michelle Pereira, you sir, are a clown. Yeah, clown. Uh, we got a few more here. Um, these students. Of LSU. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You kids are clowns. It has come out recently that Livvy Dunn, the famous gymnastic, wow, gymnastic TikToker model, whatever hat she's wearing these days, she is apparently, it's come out reported that she can no longer attend class due to safety reasons. Safety. If it was self reasons, if it was. Everyone wanted to sit next to her in class and just copy off her paper. Well, then, yeah, maybe that's one thing, right? She's made herself a big celebrity. Celebrities have those issues. But safety concerns, no one should have to deal with safety concerns simply because they are famous
1: and or good looking. So students of LSU, y'all a bunch of clowns. Am I just blowing the shit out of
0: your headphones right now with those smacks? No, no, you're right, good.
1: good. No, you're so, good.
0: Fun listeners. Um not as much clown news
1: and pop culture news. Uh Tom Brady seen out with a new fling. Yep. Yeah. That he is. That he's he's on he's on the move again. He's on the prowl. Good for him. I'd say that's it's very well deserved by him. Irena. Mean, um, Bradley well, Cooper start is start, start, start to a Daily Mail. In the beginning. Yeah. Okay, well. Tom Brady's been reported starting to date Bradley Cooper's baby mama, ex-wife Irina Shayek. Uh,
2: yeah, I I never even heard about that. Famous you model just for that. It up now.
1: Again. No, no, go ahead. You're good. Um So, Daily Mail put out a bullshit article saying Bradley
0: Cooper is apparently worried Tom is going to steal her away from him forever. (gasps) You should be worried. Yeah, I would be too. Tom Brady. Yeah, he couldn't even give her one ring. Brady's able to give her seven. Damn straight. Damn straight. Do you think he's using one of his Super Bowl rings as a cock ring? He has to. Yeah, what what yeah. Super Bowl ring would you use as a cock ring? The first, the seventh, somewhere in between. Which one are you using?
2: I know which one I'm using. I think it's got to be the one against the Falcons.
1: Yeah, because then you
2: get a little comeback. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's got to be that's got to be the one. Did you like my little comeback reference? That was very good. shots. I was trying to think of something witty, but no,
0: yeah, you. You smashed that one. Um, but we're going to throw Daily Mail on there. Daily Mail, you put in an article yesterday saying, teams are not considering Brady for a return. No shit. He's retired. Daily Mail,
1: I don't think this is new. Y'all clowns. Yeah. Um. Very big clowns. Very big clowns. And... um.
0: Is preemptively, a
1: that, that you got there. Yeah, I guess preemptively to any fighter that ruins
0: our parlay tonight, y'all a clown too. Yeah, because I'm sure there will be one. There will be one. Just kidding. These fighters are never clowns. They're going out there putting their life and health and safety on the line as far as well as their paychecks. As we know, fighters do not get paid the same if they lose. So, actually, I take yeah. that back. I, I don't. I don't really feel comfortable calling some badasses clowns. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, one of them is gonna show said, up to yeah. my door, and knock my ass out, and then put the clown makeup on me. Because you, you like know what? On the edge, I'm a clown too. Here, I'll throw this one in
1: there. Tell us Wi-Fi.
0: Oh yeah,
2: dunk on them.
1: Tell us Wi-Fi and or uh Asus computers. One of y'all motherfuckers are clowns. I don't know who yet. <laughs> One of them. One of you. Maybe. We're we're,
0: we're taking my computer into the shop. We're going to find out which one of you are clowns, but one of you are clowns
1: because you've been keeping
0: our three whole fans away from getting up to date
1: PGO news. Yep. And um, last but not least, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily clown,
0: but there is some talks Devontae Adams may want out of oakland or i guess vegas now he may want out of the raiders he may not be happy there he may not be happy with jimmy g and there is is there talk brandon there is talk that he may be going to the jets yeah after all that shit just for them to to come back together someone's a clown in there i don't know who it is but someone is in reverse of a clown uh, Aaron Rodgers pulled the Tom Brady move, taking a significant pay cut in order to give the Jets more space on their
1: roster. So, Zach Wilson, you're a clown. Boom. Boom. Get him. A little rapid fire. Do you have any
0: other ones? No. No, I'm, I'm all good. Here, just for the sake of uh, updates, let's quickly check Antonio Brown's Twitter. Ooh, good call. Elon I to... Musk. What? Huh? Elon Musk, you're a clown. We're no longer checking Antonio Brown's
1: Twitter. We're checking his
0: ex.
2: Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's garbage. That's shit.
1: That is shit. Um, Trending in Canada. What, Antonio Brown? No, the Stampede, but not the Calgary Stampede. Um Just going through his uh his a B's X here. There's no he doesn't have much in the last little bit. Nothing really crazy. Although I like playing B Ski. Yeah, that one's pretty good actually. I'm liking his cryptic tweets. Is a little bit, yeah, need him to start start stirring up some more drama though, yeah, we we gotta get him back in here, um He'll be back in better than ever in no time though true, true, um adam twenty two has not um. He hasn't put anything out as of lately. Well, he just he just had Destiny on their podcast. Oh, okay. Um, Destiny is a do you know who that is? No.
0: He is a um YouTube commentary, uh political commentator. Uh who I, I don't really know much about but he is famously open about being in an open relationship
1: oh okay so the fact that after all of this he's coming on Adam 22's podcast is a little funny yeah a little bit okay apparently Adam 22 went off on Antonio Brown last week to TMZ
0: Sports calling him a piece of shit and that he disrespected his wife
2: yeah, so did fucking many other guys disrespected his wife. Disrespected their marriage.
1: Like, ooh, big whoop. Go cry some more. I I, I got to load up this article real quick. From their from their podcast. No, from TMZ. Oh, big TMZ coming out now. DMZ is always just throwing shit out right off the get-go to get as many engagements as possible before the rest of the story comes out. Um. What's it saying there? Yeah, like, he makes a good point. Um, he's, he's in his feelings. He goes, let me explain something.
0: Adam22 tells TMZ. My wife worked with a trained adult male porn star. It's not like she's up for grabs for any horny dude in the industry whose career has fallen apart and who wants to get some. Damn. Like, he's it's not wrong. wrong. He's not wrong.
2: <laughs> but also, is just gonna read that and be like, I don't give a shit. You're still gonna keep trying. Apparently, AB doesn't
0: Adam claims that AB's team reached out to his people in hopes of setting up an interview over the whole interaction. And Adam22 is down with it because it would make some good content until the Super Bowl champ asked um, for $5,000 to make it happen. Really? He must be broke or something. I looked him up on Google. It says the net worth is $20 million, but I mean, he's out here scrounging up trying to get $5,000 out of me for an interview. Yeah. So Maybe maybe no more whole lot of money. Oh, he probably
1: spent a whole lot of money.
2: Yeah. Spent a whole lot of money to make a whole lot of money. But he didn't actually make a whole lot of money.
0: He made one Super Bowl ring and a whole lot of bullshit.
2: Yeah. That he did, that he did.
1: Alright, folks. I think that wraps up this episode. Do you have anything more? Uh... No,
2: just hoping and praying that, uh, these technical difficulties are figured out for next time and hoping that, uh, the parlays hit tonight. We get just some banging fights at the end of the day. Just some exciting, uh, action here tonight.
0: A hundred percent, man. I'm really excited for these fights. It is going to be a good one. Once again, Michelle Pereira, you are a clown for ruining an amazing matchup and taking away a payday from Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Um... Because he's no longer getting paid. That's bullshit. You're a clown, yeah.
2: dude. Yeah, that's tough.
0: Um,
1: so, folks, thank you so much for listening. We are very sorry for these technical issues, and we hope to get them figured out.
0: Which will with a little than last week, because I think we might be on a bit of a film every Thursday kind of deal here. Yeah,
2: I think that's kind of what we're we're more so leaning towards uh, rolling with here for the near near future, at
1: least.
0: Yeah, and then that that's working for us as long as Telus doesn't keep fucking us over. Yeah. So we will be we we will be coming at y'all hot and ready. Um. Ooh, actually, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I hope we don't get sued. Kidding. We are not coming at you hot and ready. We are coming at you, um, sexy. <laughs> And steamy. And steamy. Yeah. Um, folks, thank you so much for listening. If you did like this episode, be sure to give us a rate on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find us there. Also, be sure to reach out to us on social media as we are trying to get back in the TikTok game. And you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at PGO Show on Twitter at P G or er, no, on X at PG Overtime and on YouTube at postgame overtime. Postgame is one word. You click the link in any of those bios and that's going to get you to all of them, including the W link where you can get jitter free, crash free energy formula and ten percent off if you use code PGO at checkout. Click the links, oh. get in touch,
1: and we hope to see you there. Thanks so much and have a good one.